lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. We are back within the friendly confines of our native Iowa studios. The full crew is back together again. My name is Steve Dace. Hope you had a great weekend. Todd Erzin is here with me. And yes, the Wunderkind returns from his uh, belated honeymoon. How was it? Aaron McIntyre, did it you have a blast? Great. It was yeah? great. The getting down there was an adventure, but uh, the the whole uh, kit and caboodle was, was a lot of fun. So what'd you think of DeSantis land? Uh, it was fun. I only got kicked out of one establishment, so that was that was cool. For not wearing a mask? No, it was. Uh, they they had a sign. McDonald's had a sign on their on their front door said "Come on in." So I came on in. I got some breakfast. I started to sit down and eat it. You can't eat that in here. So I I kept eating for a little while. Nice. And what would you see with masks down there? Uh, it was because everybody makes a big deal. They have no mask mandates. But when we were there at Disney World after the election, you couldn't like go anywhere without wearing yeah, a mask. You can't go anywhere without wearing a mask. You can't go to the gas station without wearing a mask. You can't go anywhere. So it was loosely it's, enforced. It, it's, it's yeah. It, it's it's not it's not a state mandate. But the private businesses down there correct are all enforcing it. Yeah. So well, it's good to have you back. A lot of people missed you. It was weird, wasn't it? Doing a show for a few days weird without hearing Aaron's voice first without the montage without the Dace group round table right yeah absolutely and people thought so too I think yeah it just it, it got it was off to a weird vibe it's good to have you back I don't know if you heard on Friday Glenn Beck was uh, one of the guests for the uh, the Dace group yeah did you hear about his prediction no yeah he, he like laid down a track man he like laid down like a drop the mic dope track and then just like walked off his his prediction at the end of the show are you ready for this christ returns by 2035 <laughs> all right again he's, he's not claiming to be a prophet that was just that was a prediction he says hey i'm looking at the signs of the times where this thing is heading and i think christ returns by 2035 wow todd and i you, you and i had no idea that was coming we just kind of and based on the conversation we had i should have privately been with glenn the previous day we should have been more prepared for it but when he dropped that you and i just kind of looked at each other and we were like yeah that happened all right that happened let's all right cool wow. it's on the record yeah See, things get weird when you're not around. I know, that's good. But they're weird when you're here, too. Yep. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, check out uh, MeWe, Steve Dace there. Steve Dace Show on Rumble. That's the free speech alternative to YouTube. And you can check us out, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace as well. And yet, and yes, we're up on Gab. That apparently is working again. So CloudHub, we gave up on <laughs> got tired of that not working but it is working over at gab so look for steve dace on gab if you are uh, looking for free speech alternatives to the current uh, social media censorship that is going on all right coming up on the show here today um what oh bottom of the hour the battle for school choice is raging We'll get into that at the bottom of the hour. And some of that is raging right here in our own backyard of Iowa. I'm sure that'll come into the conversation as well. Next hour, I mentioned MeWe. It'll be our monthly Ask Me Anything on MeWe. 
Of course, uh, you can still get my new book, A Nefarious Carol, out now at Amazon.com. You can get autographed copies via Premier Collectibles. The link for that is pinned to both my Facebook and Twitter accounts if you want autographed copies and you don't want to have to buy anything through Amazon.com. Otherwise, please get your copy at Amazon. We would appreciate that. If you have not had a chance to to give us a five-star review, I've heard from a ton of you that loved the book. It's the sequel to my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, which we just finished studying uh, last week. And this week, we will move on to A Nefarious Carol. So if you want to study that book chapter by chapter with us for the next few weeks here on the show, get your copy today and leave us a five-star review at Amazon.com. Also today, the contract for the next book has been signed. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but uh, we finalized the contract for the next book this morning, and it will be out later this year. Uh, We're going for a very quick turnaround time on this one. And when I tell you later on, uh, but probably not today, what the topic of that book will be, you will understand why we are going for such a quick turnaround time on this one. So uh, stay tuned. More to come on that here in the days and weeks to come. But before we get to all of those zany hijinks, it's back. Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the, the, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump um, that, that wants to think that, that, that Donald Trump's a smart one in there. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all elitist are dumb. <laughs> I'm proud to say this is likely the first time I've ever mentioned the group called the Lincoln Project on this montage. They're a band of angry anti-Trump ex-GOP consultants who have made it their mission to make oodles of money off of pillorying former President Trump and his supporters. The group's mission statement is to, quote, prevent the re-election of Donald Trump in the 2020 United States presidential election. But recently, the group has taken to naming and shaming staffers of the Trump administration with the expressed purpose of preventing them from ever working in politics or anywhere again. You've probably heard of some of their co-founders, Rick Wilson, Steve Schmidt, George Conway, husband of former Trump aide Kellyanne Conway, and John Weaver. All of these folks have been involved with Republican politics for many years, including the last name I mentioned, John Weaver. We Weaver was a consultant and strategist for the John McCain presidential campaigns of 2000 and 2008, as well as the campaign of former Ohio Governor John Kasich in 2016. He's also a homosexual predator. The New York Times, echoing earlier reports from the American conservative, detailed allegations of predatory behavior from 21 men against Weaver, including one 14-year-old boy in 2015. The Times reviewed correspondence between these men and Weaver and found Weaver explicitly offered professional help in exchange for sexual favors. The Lincoln Project released a statement over the weekend saying the group had no knowledge of their co-founder's actions and had very little contact with him throughout the group's existence. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, at least the orange man's tweets are gone now. Speaking of China and their virus, Chinese health officials are now saying that an anal swab is more accurate for COVID testing than a nasal swab. Back stateside, Dr. Anthony Fauci said last week that double masking is actually a good thing. So if you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense that it likely would be more effective. And that's the reason why you see people either double masking or doing a version of an N95. But as he always does, he quickly took the opposite position over the weekend. There are many people who feel 
you know, if you really want to have an extra little uh, bit of protection, maybe I should put two masks on. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's no data that indicates that that is going to make a difference. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is Dr. Fauci's dad should have worn two condoms. El padre del Dr. Fauci debería haber usado dos condones. The country of Denmark is apparently ahead of the curve compared to the United States in protesting lockdowns. Last night, a huge group of protesters took to the streets to protest that country's continued draconian lockdowns. In New York, the tables have turned on Governor Andrew Cuomo, who, in case you hadn't heard, won an Emmy for his COVID-19 briefings last year. New York State Attorney General Alicia James filed a report last week saying the coronavirus death toll attributed to nursing homes was understated by around 50%. On top of this, and according to the New York Times, nine top state health officials have quit the Cuomo administration in recent months. The CDC has issued an order requiring masks on all public transportation in the country because apparently that's something the CDC can do now. Censorship update, Twitter has suspended the Daily Citizen account, the Twitter account for a publication from Focus on the Family, for accurately stating that Joe Biden's new health secretary is a dude and not, in fact, a woman. Speaking Speaking of Joe Biden and his nearly two dozen executive orders, let's check in on him. The second uh, order I'm going to be signing also changes what the president has done, the president, what the former president has done, and that uh, a memorandum reversed the my predecessor's attack on women's health. <laughs> okay, and now an update on the smoothest, least contested election of our lifetimes. In Virginia, a court ruled last week that a rule created by the Virginia Board of Elections allowing ballots with missing or late postmarks is illegal. Virginia Circuit Court Judge William Eldridge ruled the state's late mail-in ballot law violated state statute and permanently banned the law from future Virginia elections. An ex-FBI lawyer has been sentenced to one year of probation and a $100 fine for forging an email in an attempt to justify spying on the incoming Trump administration back in late 2016. Black Lives Matter has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for raising awareness and consciousness of racial injustice. One woman, a business owner from Rochester, New York, says she's very aware of racial injustice after being on the receiving end of a two-by-four to the head during last summer's riots. Other odds and ends while I was out and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez accused Ted Cruz of attempted murder. The Iowa State Senate passed a bill forcing in-person learning in public schools by the middle of February. Positive flu tests are down by over 99% from last year. And a bunch of gamers on Reddit nearly bankrupted a multi-billion dollar hedge fund, beating a bunch of elitist snobs at their own market manipulation game. And they would have done so without interference from the stock trading app Robinhood. And finally, we turn our eyes towards Los Angeles, where the county late last week reopened outdoor dining so long as restaurants don't have their TVs turned on. In case you wondered what type of person comes up with these types of rules, look no further than the L.A. City Council. Madam President, today is Tuesday and time for the flag salute. Mr. DeLeon, can you please um, lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance this morning? Thank you very much, uh, Madam President. Be an honor. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Undervisible uh, pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Oh, Which stands one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. America.
flew. And that's what happened while we were away. Gosh, I miss those. That was our our most, shall we say, um, provocative Spanish lesson yet. Correct? I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, you should apologize to his mother again, that, by that, the way. That one, that one really sticks out. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> We're back! Aaron's Montage brought to you by a no longer whining Todd. What did I what did I bring you this morning, Todd? What did I bring you? You brought me ice cream. I did. I did. So Todd will no longer be whining. Uh, he will now get to try. There was no whining. Uh, there was a little bit. No. But uh, it, 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 it was a little bit. Thank you, Ron. Uh, it, it's gone now because I did bring him the only pint of Brooker's Founding Flavors left in my freezer that survived the children while I was in Dallas that they have not opened. Okay. I, I did. I think I got like the bottom of the barrel of the cookies and cream last night which is like one of their signature flavors because I talked to the owner and he like tracked down the guy who invented cookies and cream ice cream to learn from him. Like, show me your ways. Like he walked the earth looking for this guy. right? And the cookies and cream ice cream was spectacular. And I'm not even a huge cookies and cream guy. All right. So I know you're going to like this. If you love super chunky premium ice cream, but you'd prefer that yours aren't made by those two dudes that are avowed communists. The good news is Brooker's founding flavors is for you. They capture the spirit and passion of revolutionary America and the founding fathers. All of them have some kind of historic or patriotic or founding father bent to them and it tastes phenomenal. It, I, I've told you before, it's the best chocolate ice cream I've had in my entire life. And you know, I've had some chocolate ice cream before. So go online, check them out today. Um, fellas, if you're looking for something for Valentine's Day that's going to melt in her mouth and warm her heart and not the same old candies and flowers you always buy, try this. All right. Get the eat, uh, get them, get the uh, let them eat red velvet cake flavor dedicated to Marie Antoinette. That is spectacular. All right. So BrookersIceCream.com. Click on the Ship Nationwide tab at Brookers, B-R-O-O-K-E-R-S, BrookersIceCream.com. Click on the Ship Nationwide tab. Coming up later today in the overtime, our old friend Jordan Schachtel will be rejoining us. He has been in Fuego recently. I mean, he has been on fire, uh, debunking a lot of BS. We're going to try to get to as many of those debunkings, including the scary COVID variants that shut down the University of Michigan's athletic programs, including the teams that had no positive tests, right? So we're going to get into that later today on the overtime with our good friend Jordan Schachtel, uh, researcher extraordinaire. Do not miss it if you are a Blaze TV subscriber. Uh, we will record that for you right after the program today, and you'll get it on demand later at blazetv.com slash dace, D-E-A-C-E. Uh, if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, though, and would like to become one, that's also where you can go and get a big discounted subscription today at blazetv.com slash dace. That way, you don't have to worry about big tech censorship getting in the way. Literally, any point we could get up one day, and we're not on iTunes anymore. That could happen. It could never happen. But if it happened tomorrow, would it shock any of the three of us? No, no. no. So uh, this is one way to make sure you get our content directly from us uh, and get it at a discount at blazetv.com slash dace d e a c e. All right, to the montage we go, and boy, are there some um, juicy nuggets and tasty morsels in here. I don't even know what to do with the Lincoln Project story. I mean, the amount 
that's a level of schadenfreude i i can't i mean i i i can't even i can't even <laughs> you know what i mean i can't compute it. it that's that is that's some that's some cosmic poop right there beavis you know what i'm saying i mean because by their own standards, yeah. they have to all they go should away all resign. For, they should all quit, resign now. and go away. It should be well, they, they should be, all be Never Lincoln Project now, right? They can't have any other job. Furthermore, because no question. of the standard they set no, up. No, I mean by the by your George Conway and and full disclosure, I worked with Kellyanne Conway on the Cruz campaign. I've talked about that before. I like Kellyanne Conway. All right, she's smart. She's a sweetheart. We have we have I think given how immature the three of us are because of that prior working relationship have gone out of our way, both on this show and in social media to not comment on the uncomfortable uh, airing of grievances between her and her husband, George, who's one of the co-founders of Lincoln project, right? We have just almost as much as we could just stayed away from that the last few years. But for him to go on MSNBC this morning and claim, well, I only talked to this John Weaver guy a couple of times. You co-founded this organization with him. You guys co-authored a New York Times op-ed last year. Let he who has not founded a nationally relevant and exposed, pardon the pun, political advocacy organization with a rando pedo cast the first stone. I mean, he's, he's like, he's like, He's like Aaron at the bottom of Mount Sinai when Aaron, when Moses returns to this morning. Oh man, Weaver, Weaver, Beaver. I don't, never heard of him. I don't know what I don't know what a Weaver is. I mean, I don't know. I just I turned around and I mean they're making this thing of the calf of gold and and there's this bedo here. I, I, I got nothing. I don't know where he came from. I mean, this is just these claims are not even ridiculous. They're insulting is what they are in their defense orange man bad and the price of freedom demand certain actions steve you know I well mean, i'm not surprised that your good buddy david vichy france french has been silent i mean he's already fine with with um uh, with marketing pedos to the children in libraries right so i mean i mean i don't, I don't know why we just don't go all the way and and we went we're, we're seeing this messaging again and every time i see it to me there's two things i'm dying on the hill of well there's i got others but these two in particular Told you, I told you in 2019, when we started seeing elements of conservative media embracing conservative trans characters, we like, no, 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 zero tolerance. Remember we had those conversations? Yes. yes. Here's another one. Axios ran with the, with the idea that John Weaver's just gay. No, he's not. If these were teenage girls... We wouldn't be having this conversation, would no. we? We would agree wholeheartedly that this is a predator, correct? Yes. Yes. We'd be arguing which comes first, the execution or the castration, correct? Right. And the police better get to him before somebody's daddy does, right? Right. Right. And then maybe we'd almost root that the police didn't get to him before daddy did, if you know what I'm saying, right? Right. Right. So, no. No, we're not playing. We don't play the two-tier justice system uh, on this show. I mean, this happened at a school district in Michigan a few years ago. There was a teacher who had a homosexual relationship with a minor student, and he was convicted for it. And his fellow teachers went to a sentencing hearing and argued that he wasn't a predator. They argued for leniency on the grounds that he was not a predator, but that this kid was just gay and exploring his sexuality. No. See, this is an ancient practice. 
it's you, we call it grooming today. Let me let me use the word that is should be used. Pederasty. That's what this is. It's the grooming of pubescence of inexperienced nubile pubescence into your sexual proclivity or immorality. That's what it is. It's he's John Weaver if these allegations are true is a pederast. Those are predators. He's conditioning, grooming young men and at least one of them underage according to these allegations for his own sexual deviancy, his own sexual fulfillment. That's pederasty. That's not just two consenting adults. No, it's not. He ought to be, if he's guilty, he ought to be thrown in a hole and then we throw away the hole. That's what we should be doing with people like that. So, the just... The amount of what goes around comes around here. The amount of schadenfreude, providence. I mean, this story, I, I, I'm not even going to talk about it anymore because just reading the facts of the story are so impactful that I feel like adding any fear, further analysis to it undermines it in some way. That it just speaks for itself. Does that make sense? Right. That it doesn't require any further. I wanted to close the loop on that one angle and just call total BS on that. Okay, but beyond that, I, I just think just the facts of that story, I, I don't need to add anything to those. Other than the fact that these guys have been running the Republican Party for how many yeah, decades that's now? Correct. There's that. Yes. I mean, Stephen Schmidt, John Weaver, this, that was John McCain's campaign team in 2008. Yeah. So. Details. Alexa, why does the Republican base hate the Republican Party? Anyway. Uh, Alexa, why why... Why can't why don't why, why don't we like Anthony Fauci? How about that next story? Well, it's only common sense to have two masks. Then a few days later, there's no data that says that two masks work. Do you think he just learned that in in five days, Aaron? Well, you just learned that in five days there was no data that two masks were. I've been repeatedly assured this is an emergent situation. Uh, it's all ever evolving. Science is in real time. Yes, is evolving in real time. It's yes. very fluid. When you consider though that this is how he's, for, it's not just a mask. This is how he's been talking about it's things. It's gone this the way the entire time. Time. Yep. Yeah. You know, somebody should really put together like a ultimate compilation into one easily um, shareable and readable form and 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 just launch that Enola Gay at this guy once and for all. I think that'd be a good idea, don't you? Yeah. I, it, it seems like it would write itself. All right. So, I mean, maybe somebody will have that idea. Let's go to Denmark. Um, something smells rosy in the state of Denmark, guys. Why is that happening in Denmark before it happened here? Why? The, the, the shining city on a hill. The, 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 the nation that inspired the rest of the old world to throw off the shackles of monarchialism and, and delve and follow into our footsteps of self-government. Is it as simple as they don't have high-speed Netflix there, and so they're bored? What, what, why is this happening? Why are the people in Netflix like are, are like, oh, hell no. We're not doing this anymore. 
while, while in LA, in LA, you're being told you can go to restaurants but not watch TV because everybody knows Maxwell Lord transmits the COVID through all the television sets, guys. It was in the movies, okay? And and folks are just like, oh, that sucks, man. I get well, well, that's stupid, yeah. But I guess we got to do it, right? I mean, how is it that Denmark, the people there, have said here and no further, while here? We have yet to say that. How is that possible, Todd? Well, if you'll allow me to go all Sarah Palin on this one, because they can see Sweden from their living room window. That's why. And you know, the funny thing is, whenever we bring up so Sweden... So the control group is right in their it's face. It's right in their face. Can't be memory hold by their media. It's just over the ridge, is what you're saying. Yes, and the yeah. funny thing is, whenever on social media, somebody tries to clap back at us, and they always say, look at all the, the Nordic countries around them. They're all doing so much better. They know differently over there mm-hmm. in Denmark. They know their lockdowns haven't been worth it. They know Sweden is having similar results after never having lockdown. They know. They can't lie to themselves like you can. I hope that's true because I'm really afraid that it's just because they don't have high speed Netflix there. I mean, I, I mean, price it's, of freedom. It's Denmark, not the Congo. <laughs> I, I know, but you know, the internet is in most places, even in the developed world, not as fast and not as inexpensive as it here. Right. And as we learned quite a fickle beast these days. Yes. yes. So I want to believe you're right. And so therefore I am going to affirm your explanation. Because the alternative explanation that was my initial reaction, I think people, when I tweeted that this morning, thought I was joking. No. I, I am concerned that the amount of incentive we have to stay in our homes has numbed the tree of liberty, has 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 weakened it, has poisoned it, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm concerned about that. You should be. But I hope it. I hope you're right. We both can be right. Yeah, without, it, it could be even be a little bit of both, right? Yeah. Without owl my balls, maybe people start to look around and say, "Hey, maybe electrolytes are not what plants." Create. Yes, exactly. Um, if you don't like the the law the CDC made about masks on public transport, do you guys know who do we vote for in the next CDC director election if we don't like that law or policy? Do you guys know the next CDC election? Yeah. If the next CDC director election. I mean, we're a nation of laws. It's a representative republic, right? So who do we vote for in the next CDC director election to get rid of that policy if we don't like this one? Do you guys know who's running? Thanks, and I'll hang up and listen. Right? Now, this is like where, where, where are all your governors? Even our boy, who I've only met once for 10 minutes, but I like what I've seen so far. Even DeSantis, where's he at? Because who's going to enforce all of this, right? Mm-hmm. We have the, I mean, they're going to require the states to enforce that, correct? So where are all the governors saying, hey, well, you can't make us do that? What the hell? I don't work for the CDC director. When the hell do they get the power to make these kinds of laws and policies, right? Sure. Okay. I, well, theoretically, that's true, correct? But this is why I've, I've, you've always heard me say, it's not a nation of laws. And it never will be. It is a nation of political will. And it always will be. I mean, the CDC can just, they, they can issue a decree that monkeys flow, fly out of their butts. And if everybody will enforce it, it's the law, whether you vote for them or not, right? Right. And if nobody will, then it's not, whether you voted for them or not, right? Right. Right. So where's the pushback on that? Who's, who's, who's saying, yeah, we're not, we're not, 
I, I don't recall taking an oath of office to uphold the decrees of the CDC. So I'm going to hard pass on that one. Anybody? Anybody? See, that's where your battle is at. Now, you are seeing 30 years too late, um, but you are seeing unprecedented right now GOP pushback on the teacher unions yes. and a push for school choice. You are seeing that. Yes. Now, it's something we've wanted them to do for decades. Yes. But now it does seem that they think that the time is right for that to happen. You're seeing it right now in Iowa. Our home state, for example, where they've already passed a law uh, that said, hey, uh, every state, every school in the state has to be open for in-person learning in two weeks from today, period, or your your funding's gone. They're working through a bill right now for school choice in Iowa, which is, this is the school choice bill I tried to get uh, the legislature to pass you know, 10 plus years ago when I was actively involved, this was our, I, this was, you know, me and my old buddy, Jonathan Narciss, who endorsed my last book's idea, which was the, instead of, instead of school, real school choice is the money follows the student. So like, for example, we homeschool, um, except Noah's in Des Moines Christian, but the two daughters have been homeschooled all the way through, you know, there was still, um, a, pay, a disbursement or a payment from the state for the eleven to thirteen thousand dollars for their seat in public schools that they never took right. in a year, right? The funding should have gone back to us, yes, so that we take and we take that funding where we want to go because that's true competition, right? Yes, we're talking about that in Iowa and other places, and we'll talk about that here in a moment. You know, you never thought COVID could cost you your home, right? Well, it just might because with so much of us online uh, exposing our data and our personal information more than ever before because we have to do so much online these days, cybercrime is up 75% since the pandemic began. And by far, one of the most serious forms of cybercrime to worry about is home title theft. That's right. Cyber criminals, foreign and domestic, uh, are now after our homes. And it's easier than you think. The title documents to most of our homes are online these days so the thief finds your home's title forges your signature on a quit claim deed stating you sold your home to them then he takes out loans on your home leaves you in debt you won't know until maybe late payment or foreclosure eviction notices arrive if you've got a rental property insurance doesn't cover you and neither does your mortgage lender but that's why you can protect your home with Home Title Lock. The instant Home Title Lock detects someone tampering with your home's title. They will help to shut it down. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and use the code RADIO to receive 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO for 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, HomeTitleLock.com. Let's welcome to the show Corey DeAngelis. Uh, he is involved in educate, education freedom at uh, various uh, entities, uh, the Reason Foundation, Cato Institute, Executive Director of the Educational Freedom Institute. Corey, it's a pleasure to have you with us today here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. How are you, Corey? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me, Steve. 
so I mentioned a few minutes ago, we, we're now kind of seeing the, the the Republican Party do something that, frankly, should have been done 25, 30 years ago. But it does seem like, instead of a talking point, school choice has some real momentum right now. First of all, give us sort of the 10,000-foot view of how the teacher unions going ahead and jumping out in public in red unitards and pitchforks and taking all the camo off has, has maybe probably made this politically more expedient and easier than ever before. Well, the teacher unions have really overplayed their hand this year. They've kept schools closed all across the country, whereas private schools have been more than happy to open their doors for business because they know that families can take their money elsewhere. The public schools and the teachers unions have fought to remain closed because they know they get your money regardless of whether they open their doors for business. And families are supporting school choice like never before. If you look at the latest Real Clear Opinion Research poll on this nationwide, families supporting school choice jumped by 10 percentage points points in just a few months in the past year from 67% support to 77% support. And the latest polling from EdChoice similarly finds since last year increases in every single type of support for every type of school choice, whether it's a voucher program, tax credit scholarship, charter schools, or education savings accounts. So I really think the uh, teachers unions have overplayed their hand. They're, they're doing, they've done more in the past year to advance the cause of school choice than we could have ever imagined. And so now we have at least 14 states in, uh, across the nation where legislators have introduced legislation to fund students directly through things like education savings accounts. And Iowa is one of those states as well. So we're going to talk about those specific policies in a moment. But first, what's their claim? I mean, we, we, you know, in politics, I tell my audience all the time, Corey, there's the real reason people do things and then there's the right reason. Okay. So you articulated the real reason, which is we just own you. Um, we're the most powerful union in America and no one has dared step to us for decades. And so if we can just keep getting paid without working, who's going to say no to that? We know that's the real reason. But the, what's the right reason, according to them? If, if you know, what would be their claim um, if they were on a screen on the other side of this uh, conversation with you? What would be their claim for why they don't want to go back to work? Well, they're just saying it's because uh, schools aren't safe enough to reopen, but it's not because of the safety. You look at statements from uh, Dr. Fauci. He has repeatedly said that schools should be open, that schools are not major contributors of the virus. You look at data from the CDC and statements from the CDC director showing that schools are not uh, uh, major contributors of the, the virus overall. You look at data from Brown University finding the same thing. You look at nationwide data from uh, places like Sweden that has had the schools open for pretty much the whole time. You look at data from 191 different countries reported from U- by UNICEF finding no consistent link between reopening schools and uh, tr- community transmission. You look at places like New York City uh, that have opened some of their schools. The positivity rate in New York City, for example, is about 9% in the community, but in the schools, it's less than a tenth of that. It's about 0.5% positivity rate in the schools. So the schools are safe. I mean, and then look, look at the private schools. They're fighting against governments to try to reopen. Look at every other industry in the United States that is in the private sector fighting to reopen that that are even more dangerous than the schools. Schools are the last things to open 
uh, as far as public schools are concerned, but they're some of the safest places for children. And so this is this really goes to show you what it's really about. And then they've also some of the same school districts that have said, oh, well, we're not safe enough to reopen for learning because learning is dangerous and in-person instruction is dangerous. They've opened the same school buildings for in-person child care services. Mm-hmm. So it's not safe for learning in the same school. But if you're not doing the learning part, it's all of a sudden safe. That goes to show you this is more about power and politics than actual safety, especially when you start looking at the demands for defunding the police and Medicare for all put forward by the Los Angeles teachers unions and then calls to ban their competition, which has nothing to do with safety. But all of those things have been included in reports uh, th- uh, that were supposedly about safely reopening schools. This is about politics and power, not about the needs of kids. Uh, that's why I've found myself in this odd position uh, going back to last spring, looking at early data from countries that began reopening their schools right away, that even though, I mean, we homeschooled our kids, two of our, all three of our children will never, if we have anything to say about it, ever set foot in one of these government schools, even in a state like Iowa where I live. We've homeschooled our two daughters all the way through. Our son is in Christian school uh, because he can take advantage of extracurriculars we can't do through homeschooling. And yet, despite that, I find myself in this weird position where I've been advocating to, for the kids to be able to go back to schools that I'd like them to no longer participate in uh, corporately any longer because I see them as indoctrination centers. But that is, but that speaks to what you just said, which is I want parents to have the freedom to make that decision for themselves. This is a this is a will to power. This is, hey, you know what, um, it, 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 there's something we care about even more than the ability to indoctrinate your kids. And that's our own ability to put our boots to your throat, our ability to throw our weight around. So, you know, that I know and, and you know, and, and, and you know, and I know that, you know, that we're the power here, not you over not just your children, but over you as a parent, your family, whether you can go back to work or not, whether you can resume a normal life or not. So I'm against uh, because of because of what I don't like with the teacher unions have done indoctrinating our kids. I'm against anything that gives them any more power. And that's to me what this does. This empowers them to have even more of a say in what goes on in the daily lives of the average American. Yeah, and the way that I put it is that COVID-19 didn't break the public school system. It was already broken. The pandemic has simply shined a light on the inequities that exist in the traditional system, but then also the massive power imbalance between the teachers unions and individual families that already exist. This has always been a problem, but the COVID-19 pandemic and the lack of a response from public schools all across the nation just makes this clear now more than ever. And this is why families are turning to things like school choice, because the only way you're ever going to fix this is to allow for bottom up accountability by funding the students directly yes. and to allow them to choose. Hey, if, if, if the public school is best for you for whatever reason, regardless of whatever type of curriculum they have in the schools, you should still be able to choose that. But if not, let people take their money elsewhere to a private school, religious or non-religious school, a charter school, or even a home-based option, which is one of the proposals in Iowa right now. It's an education savings account. The money that would have went to the public school could still go there if you choose that. But if not, it would follow the child to an education savings account that could, that funding could then be used for any approved education expenditure. So when I proposed this, uh, when I was just doing local radio at the time, but when I knew several members of the Iowa legislature personally, including the leadership, I proposed this to them over a decade ago. They thought this was a nuts, crazy, the Republicans. They thought this was a nuts, stupid idea, which was the funding should go with the student. 
It, and and that you, that increases competition, that incentivizes excellence, that empowers the family. You know, um, we graduated our oldest daughter two years ago. All 13 years that she never set foot in an Iowa public school, the West Des Moines School District still received anywhere from eleven to thirteen thousand dollars of funding for her seat every single year, which she never occupied one time. While I paid out of my own pocket for more curriculum, more activities, and everything else, right? That yeah. to me is a that's a double whammy. If you want to truly re you want to truly empower families, the money goes with the kid at the building level, whichever building they go to. That's where the money goes. Yeah, the crazy idea is residentially assigning kids to schools, whether they like that school or not, whether the family's satisfied with the with the services that are being provided at that school. And then this year, regardless of whether the school is even opens, opens its doors for business, that's a crazy system. Uh, a system that makes more sense is funding the students directly to have the money follow them to whatever provider works best for them. The way that I like to point it out this year is, you know, just imagine if you were residentially assigned to a government-run grocery store and you had to spend your money money at that particular location, regardless of if you even wanted to shop there. That wouldn't make any sense. And to take that analogy further, just imagine if your grocery store didn't reopen their doors for business and they got to keep your money uh, regardless, you'd probably see a lot of grocery stores not open right now. So I think families are starting to realize that, you know, if the grocery store is closed, I can take my money to this other grocery store. If my public school is closed, I should be able to take my children's education dollars to another provider of the service. We should fund the students instead of the system. And this is how a lot of other taxpayer initiatives already work. Just think about it with higher education. We have the Pell Grant and the GI Bill for veterans, for example, where the money goes to the individual student Mm -hmm. and the student can pick the public or private university of their choosing. Same thing with pre-K programs, like the federal Head Start program, the money goes to the family and you can take that to public or private, religious or non-religious if you'd like. And what's interesting is a lot of the people who support those other programs that fund people directly, they get all up in arms when it comes to the in-between years for K through 12 education. And the only difference is one of power dynamics. Choice is the norm when it comes to higher education and pre-k services and essentially any other industry in the united states in the private sector but choice threatens an entrenched special interest when it comes to k-12 education so they fight really hard to prevent you from being able to take your children's education dollars to the provider of the service that works best for them. So we've got listeners, viewers all over the country. You mentioned more than a dozen states. We've talked specifically about what's going on in my own backyard, but give our audience kind of a a big picture view before we let you go. Where is this battle raging where there's real legislation that has a chance right now across the country? And so Iowa is the furthest along in the process. It already passed the full Senate floor, a 26 to 21 vote pretty recently. Now goes to the House. The governor is very supportive of this particular bill in Iowa. But if you go to the Educational Freedom Institute active legislation map, you'll be able to see all of these states. But some others include New Hampshire and Georgia and uh, Missouri. They just passed one out of their Senate Education Committee. It still needs to go to the full Senate floor. But Iowa and Missouri are the furthest along in the process. But you have New Hampshire, Georgia, Nebraska, and other states as well that are introducing legislation to fund the students directly. And I think uh, this is a moment for school choice. 2021 could be the year of school choice, and it might be the teachers union's own doing. It's their and, fault. And can you get, can you, will you provide resources? If somebody's listening right now, watching in a state 
Now, right now, this appears dead, but they're like, like one of these Dakotas, for example, where there's like two Democrats in the entire state legislature in some of these states. Uh, can they get resources from from your entities about what to take to their legislators to say, hey, we need to get uh, this process started and here's what you need? Yeah, totally. The Education Freedom Institute uh, Active Legislation Map, you can check that out. But even if it's not introduced yet, I recommend people go to the EdChoice website. They have examples of all types of school choice and different bills all across the country. If you Google EdChoice, school choice in America dashboard, you can see all of the programs that exist or don't exist in your state. And then you can contact your legislator and say, why don't we have this type of program? For example, an education savings account where the money follows my child instead of the system. I think more and more people are starting to support this concept. It's a no-brainer, and there's no good reason to oppose it unless you're trying to prioritize the monopoly over the kid. Great stuff, Corey DeAngelis. Thanks for joining us today, brother. Take care. Thank you so much, Steve. Have a good one. You bet. Appreciate it. All right, gentlemen, thoughts on that conversation? If you live in one of the states that is trying to get pushed forward with this, and quite frankly, all the states, but at least with these, I don't want to hear when I do uh, look into my uh, uh, whatever social media platform we're using for Monday. I don't want to hear, what do we do, Steve? What do we do, Steve? This, this is what you do. You write your letter, you get on the phone, you, you do whatever it takes to make this happen because this would make everything we've gone through with 2020 uh, potentially a Pyrrhic victory when we look back on it. The orange man bad nonsense. If this is a win that can happen, conservatism has a real chance. But if you don't go after this, no complaining. Yeah, it was stated that, you know, teachers unions all across the country last year and and into this year as well have overreached, have really outplayed or overplayed their hand. That's only true if you make it so. That's only true if you make it so. There's no excuse. You mentioned a couple of states, the the Dakotas. There's no excuse if you live in a red-leaning or a deep red state that this should not, these types of things should not happen. Some of the uh, solutions to these issues, whether it's uh, just merely getting kids back in school or even going the full Monty with the school choice and having the dollars follow the students, there's no reason why this should not happen. And you see what happened in Wisconsin when Scott Walker took on the teachers unions. They're going to cry and pout. But guess what? Guess what? In this climate, in this climate, Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to be they're going to be an even deeper doo doo if they do that type of thing. You kept your kids out of school. You kept them out of school for almost a full year. And now you're crying and pouting to tell when you when you're told to go back to work. Get out of here. I saw one lady here in Iowa. Um, who wrote and said, I can't believe, I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe they're doing this. They're, 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 they're sending more money to private schools that can say no, that can reject my student. Guess what? The public schools have already rejected your students That's by right. not showing up for yeah. in-person learning. That's There's right. There's absolutely no reason if you live in a red state that you should not be able to pass these types of measures. Here's why you like seeing our home state lead the way on this. Why you like seeing our home state lead the way on reopening last year. Because what's going to be taking place here very soon, guys? Caucuses? Caucuses. And... The people that are going to have access to these candidates, mano y mano, are going to be the people who just saw their state say, we don't have to go COVID crazy, who just saw we can walk and chew gum at the same time, right? Yeah. We can play. We'd be the first state to have high school sports. We can do that. 
can be the state that said, hey, you know, we can we can have kids just the families just take the funding with them wherever they want to go. And that changes the discourse nationally, like the kinds of questions and conversations that these candidates are going to be forced to have for a good solid year, year and a half, right? All right. So it's good news for the rest of the country as well. We'll come back. Ask me anything. Our Monday Town Hall is next. with hour two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast steve dace with aaron mcintyre that's right he's back in case you missed it at the top of the show uh, he reclaimed his territory man i mean he fired about four nuclear blasts in that rundown a couple of them made me wince a couple more made me laugh a couple of them made me wince and then laugh and then totters and yeah you're here too whatever uh steve at steve everybody's sick of you you were here with me last week steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program like us on facebook uh on MeWe. look for steve dace there gonna hear more from our MeWe followers here in a moment follow us on twitter at steve dace show you can also look for us on rumble that's the alternative to youtube on steve dace show as well and then follow us on youtube uh, look for youtube.com slash steve dace and now on gab at gab.com slash Steve Dace as well. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. If you're a podcast listener, uh, we appreciate you uh, every bit as much as everyone else. Please show your appreciation for us by leaving a five-star review on whichever podcast platform that you use. Um, and hit that subscribe button too, if you haven't done that yet. And the more of you that do that, the more it helps the show, the podcast version of it to grow. Thanks to the thousands upon thousands of you that have done those two things for us already. All right. Valentine's day is coming up, gentlemen and ladies time to take a look at your underwear drawer. All right. What do you typically see? Garbage until it's full with Tommy John underwear. Now I know, I know when you got up this morning, you thought, yeah, I really want to. I want to talk about the underwear Steve Dace wears. Not really, but that's what we're going to do. I mean, this stuff is a phenomenal product. It is the only underwear that I wear, and they've got a full line for the ladies as well. When you're wearing Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable. You feel like you can do everything better. Dozens of comfort innovations, uh, and I'm telling you, once you've tried Tommy John, you'll never go back. I've mentioned this when we've talked about Tommy John in the past. I got the first couple of pair for free just to try it. I liked it so much, I went back and have bought more. Now on three or four separate occasions, it's now the only underwear I use. They don't have customers. They have fanatics. It's your new favorite underwear guaranteed. Pick up a pair for yourself and give her or him uh, some of the new Tommy John loungewear as well. Uh, for a limited time, go to TommyJohn.com slash Steve. Get $20 off everything site-wide, including limited edition Valentine's Day gift sets. That includes the limited edition Valentine's Day gift sets. $20 off everything site-wide right now. Uh, this stuff sold out in just five days last year, so don't hesitate. All right, $20 off site-wide plus, let me throw this into free shipping at tommyjohn.com slash steve again that's tommyjohn.com slash steve 
All right, let's get to it. It is our Monday Town Hall. This week's Ask Me Anything comes from our MeWe users. Of course, you guys by now know the drill. Todd, you select the questions, none of which I have seen. Aaron, you get to ask the questions and then see if I have an answer. All right, we'll start with Noel Durham, who says, why do you let A.A. Ron go on vacation? His montage is what we listen for in the morning. It's his honeymoon, man. Otherwise, you don't get any vacation except when I go, pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but um, it's the honeymoon. I figured I'd, you know, I, I try every now and then to be a benevolent dictator. And when he came to me hat in hand and said, please, please sir, sir it's my honeymoon. Cool. Yes. I said, all right, for the honeymoon. But don't ask again. Right? That's kind of how it went down, wasn't it? Pretty much. And that's why you also got a sick little pleasure when you saw that his air... F- plane ride out there was a little you're like you deserve this I, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, me. I, I showed no sympathy at all no, i tweeted no. him a planes trains and automobile gift right we just watched that yeah. the other day yeah you just lived it from what i understand yeah, yeah. so how was that nicotine stained uh rental car by the way you know what budgets they really stepped up i went back to the airport to retrieve the bag that southwest lost the next day with the nicotine stained car within five minutes they gave me like a brand new mazda cx5 did they really that was nice. That was super nice. Who says complaining doesn't work? Exactly. Right? A little. You got to do it well, though. You do. I, um, I mean, when you and I were flying back home on Friday, everything's fine. Weather's great in Dallas to fly back home. It's cleared out here in, in Des Moines, so no delays, nothing. And right before we get to board, what did they forget? The pilot. The pilot. Yeah, apparently planes i know you're getting your pilot's license so you can confirm right aaron that planes require a pilot generally speaking even the ones with autopilots it's um it's it's helpful to have a pilot i have that's america airlines man i have i have a rule i i do not fly america airlines and go through o'hare i will do one or the other but i will not do both okay now, it just so happens, unfortunately, that America Airlines is has all the direct, pretty much all the direct flights out of Des Moines to D.C., Dallas, the places I typically have to fly to, New York. Um, but but I can still bypass O'Hare, right? Yep. But I kid you not, we are sitting there Friday afternoon. Woman at the counter comes on. Hey, we'll be boarding your flight here. Flight's on time. Looking maybe get in Des Moines a little bit early, right? Yep. Five minutes later. Hey, we don't have a pilot for this flight, so sit back and relax. America Airlines, man, never fails. Never fails. Yeah. Beautiful. Moving on. Jay Whitaker says, just like the left has Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, Black Lives Matter, etc., demand seats on corporate boards and monetary support. Are there any Christian organizations that play this game? No, but I, I would I would urge them not to play that game. Well, th- I... Not in terms of the pure grift. I, I also more with the level of listen. We are serious players here. We uh, it's how you you said how you complain. It's how you play the game. Does anybody play the game as aggressively? Not grift wise, but just unapologetically. That's what I'm interested. in. Well, then I wouldn't use those guys as comparisons. I I, I get what you're talking. First of all, I think um, I, I have a lot more respect for BLM than I do Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. And what I mean by that is Jackson and Sharpton are the caricature that you guys are talking about, where this is just all grift to them, okay? Correct. BLM 
this is this is and when i say respect yes. i mean like I'm, i understand the, the context of the term the way Patton respected rommel I, this is the enemy it must be defeated it it, it it cannot be accommodated but as a combatant i have a lot more respect for them because they're the true believers sharpton and jackson are your grifters blm are your are they're marxists they're revolutionaries they haven't grifted anything uh, what but if you're talking about a, a a counter game with that level of commitment we don't throw like molotov cocktails and burn people's businesses and stuff down that's not what we do so is there a different form of zeal well yeah obviously but if 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 we were capable of it i you, we wouldn't fall victim to things like what we're up against right i mean right. what was the question i asked an hour ago on this show why are there thousands of people in the streets in denmark where they get paid 20 dollars an hour minimum wage tired of lockdowns when when they're a far more socialist country than we are and and we can't be bothered right right okay so um to me i think christian activism isn't cannot cannot come up with an alternative to that game because that game is the alternative to christian activism do you see what i'm yeah. what i'm saying yeah. that that is done that is that is done in order to thwart righteousness that this is the debate we had a couple of years ago on the show after trump won the big debate we were having on the right in 2017 is how much can we become like them to beat them and we were really really well i'll just speak for me i was very and remain very very much against becoming like that which i'm opposed to now I think there's a distinction between that and forcing them to live by their own standards, right? Yes. That's the whole conversation we had about the Lincoln Project last hour too, correct? Yes. Hey, you said this was your standard, so we're only asking you to live by what you wanted the standard to be, right? Right. Okay. So, hey, if you've got if you've got people that with problems with with um, uh, immorality or uh, particularly of a predatory nature and those allegations, because that's what credibly credibly accused means. I accuse somebody who I politically don't agree with, so they're credibly accused. Okay, then you know that was the whole basis for never Trump for for for, for their version of never Trump, right? Or and that morphed in the Lincoln Project right. by their own standard. Then they should because they elevated and were aligned with a, a, a pedo predator that they should cease to exist. Should be never Lincoln Project, correct? Yes. Okay. So I have no problem making them live by their own standards, but becoming like them that actually is the antithesis of christianity i mean christianity it, it, it doesn't says the exact opposite of when in rome it says the exact opposite of that you know part of the word holy's meaning is peculiarity peculiar distinctiveness okay different um so no i don't i don't want to do those tactics i don't want to do our variations of them I understand, though, that the question probably speaks to a level of commitment. But there's also, a, I think that's a fine line, too. I don't believe it's within the Christian worldview to have that level of commitment to cultural hegemony and political power. 
as opposed to the advancement of the kingdom of God instead. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we're never going to be as committed to them. We have to admit that up front. This world is not our home. It's not our end game. So old C.S. Lewis line, aim for heaven to get earth thrown in, aim for earth to get neither. So we can't ever win the, the zealot game. Like that's just not inherent to our belief system. That doesn't mean, though, that we can't show a heck of a lot more commitment than we've already shown. But the way that we show that commitment is we take to the streets and our answer is just we're not throwing Molotov cocktails. Uh, we're not burning things down. We're not rioting, looting. What we're doing is we're here and we all say, no, we're not doing this anymore. That's the answer. No, you may come out now and try to arrest all 10,000 of us. Good luck with that. But the answer is no, no. And we're rolling tape. We all got our camera phones out. The world's watching. They're going to watch all of you do this to us on live on television. You sure you got the stomach for that political pushback? Because we don't care. This world's not our home. So we don't care what the world thinks about us. Can you say the same thing? See, that's the way that we play the game. Or that's actually, that's our game to play, I should say. But we will never have a variation of their game. Their game is deconstructive in nature. It's demonic. Um, so they're playing a different game. Can we have a lot more commitment than we currently have? Is the Pope Catholic? Don't answer that. <laughs> Let me choose another one. Uh, does a bear poo in the woods? Yeah. We can show a lot more commitment, but our commitment comes from our willingness to suffer for what we believe. Their commitment comes from their willingness to inflict suffering on those who don't believe as they do. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So there's always going to be a difference. Next question. Next up, Susan Harville says, I live in France. I watch Russian children's shows, which are actually cute and uh, funny with my grandkids. Russia is about the only country left that defends marriage, two sexes, the church as an institution. Do you think it is still an enemy state? Do you think that Susan is a Russian operative? <laughs> um, well, listen. Did Germany and Austria-Hungary... And the Ottomans in World War One, would they have promoted those kinds of values too? Sure. Were they the enemy? Yes. Yeah. Um, Imperial Japan in World War Two, would they have promoted those kinds of? Uh, would, would Would you have gotten on uh, uh, national Japanese broadcasting? Hi, I am. Uh, my name is Cinnamon, and. Um, Here's my Adam's apple, and I'm a chick. Would that would 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 Hiro would that have been Hirohito approved in 1942? No. no, no. So I mean, I know what I know what Susan is getting at, but there have been plenty of times. I mean, the 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 pastures and fields of Europe flowed red with the crimson blood of Protestants and Catholics for decades. And, and they both would have affirmed all these exact same moral values, correct? Yes. So I get what you're getting at, but it's not that simple. Um, human nature is more complicated than that. Um, I, I don't. I won't purport to know what Vladimir Putin's motivations are in promoting these sorts of um, uh, cultural values. 
because you know he also uh, essentially uh, as a gangster government at the exact same time right yes it, it, now is it, it could it just be as simple as i can't afford to be overrun by political correctness because my people i are commodities to me and and them believing in these values proves, makes them be better commodities so it's just a pure mathematical equation, purely a utilitarian conclusion. That that could be his motivation, right? Sure. Sure. So that means he would have come to the right conclusion, but for the wrong reasons, right? Right. Uh, because do we have really any evidence that, that Vladimir Putin is looking, is, is a respecter of transcendence? No. No. So... Uh, on the other hand, I applaud them for marketing, doing that kind of programming and, and sharing it with the world. But I, I don't think it's as simple as correlation equals causation in these kinds Just of think, cases. Think of it in terms of the, well, from from your people, the Italian mob. Mm-hmm. Big families, often yep. Catholic families. Somebody was in mass every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. But still, and then afterwards, they might have, you know, uh, put a bulletin behind in, in, yeah. the, in, in, in the skull of somebody. Yeah, Human nature is just more complicated than that. We all are. I mean, we yeah. all have. Well, there's on, the, the phrase honor among thieves. There's yeah. a, the, there's codes. There's a notion of right and wrong. Sometimes right. But the, the mere existence of a like right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tip the cat to them. At least they right now in a land of decadence where you look around and there's almost nothing that people will say is right and wrong other than power. You can give them that much. They, they have not gone totally off the deep end on what's a gender and what's a family that that's okay, but you don't have to ignore everything else either. No, you don't. And I think you have to look at things holistically. And that's one of the reasons why. So the last guest we just had on Corey DeAngelis, Mm -hmm. one of the organizations that he works with is called what is what? Reason. And the, another one is Cato. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cato is the quintessential white paper, Washington, D.C., libertarian, right of center think tank that is most of the time useless. And unless you unless we want to release a whole bunch of... You can have the Daniel Horowitz view on prison reform that it's jailbreak. You can think it's great policy. All right. I, I, the... The New Testament instinct in me wants wants to lean and and err on the side of redemption. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. On the other hand, um, the 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 total depravity in me says that usually doesn't turn out well when we go down that road, right? We can have varying debates about this. What we cannot debate, though, is we're mostly letting guilty people out of prison. That's not debatable. That's not debatable. This isn't an innocence project. You know, which by the way, you know, I, I, I like what they do. They go back and look at every death penalty case and are, does the forensic evidence stand up? Because I mean, if we're going to, that's a punishment that if we get that wrong, nobody comes back from right. it, right? So I'm all for capital punishment, but I'm also for it being used in the most judicious sure. manner possible. Um, that's not what, prison reform was not an innocence project. It was, Hey, these people have been in prison for too long for the crimes they committed, so we're going to let them out. So we, we, it is not debatable that we let a bunch of guilty people out of prison. Right? Right. And so we can have varying views on what that means. Um, and Cato Institute, I, I, some of their people in the past, I'm a, I'm a xenophobe for wanting strong border control. 
right? Yep. But on this one, on education, I think they're 100% right on. So the way we roll on our show is there are no permanent adversaries and there are no permanent allies. If you're with us on this occasion, we agree with you. And if you're against us on this occasion, didn't matter what we thought about you all the previous other occasions, we're not with you. It's literally on a case-by-case situational basis. So I, so we had an, if that conversation was about immigration, it would not have gone as smoothly and friendly as it did because I don't agree with them on that. I think they're wrong. But since it wasn't about that, it was about something I do agree with them on, it went great. And I, and I think that's one way for all of us to keep our sanity. It's just right now, I think you're right. Tomorrow, I might not. Right now, I think you're wrong. Tomorrow, I might not. Does that make sense? Agreed. All right. Up next, Jay Smith says, if by some miracle they prove Biden cheated and Trump actually won the election, how would things go from there? I mean, if, I, I, I think, well, here is what I am told. I am told that the speculation over the weekend that um, that that Trump lost his legal team either was a bad thing because they ran out on him or a good thing because it showed that um, this isn't a serious prosecution. I'm told either one of those explanations is not true. I'm told Trump is demanding his legal team. Now, is this information I'm getting true? I guess we'll find out when the trial happens, if it does, and then we see what defense they put forth, right? Sure. But I am told that Trump is demanding that his defense team not argue his defense on the grounds that it's unconstitutional to impeach a president who's no longer in office, but on the merits of his claim that the election was stolen. I I I sincerely hope that is true. It it's it this country we're like Gotham City at the beginning of the Dark Knight Rises. We have buried so many ugly things afraid of letting the truth have its way. And on the outside it looks great, right? But burgeoning there just underneath the surface is all the consequences for trying to keep this all buried for so long. I believe they used mail-in, mail-in balloting to steal the election. I believe that. Did I say I know that? No. Did I say I believe it? Yes. Those are two different things. Yes. Now, they can merge together, right? But but do I... And they're merging in your favor based on what Aaron said in the montage about Virginia. You, it, now it's the, happened. Now, all of a sudden, our, 538 now wants... To, we were talking about those those benchmark counties, what, the day after the election on this show. And others, others here at The Blaze. Now, all of a sudden, it's been uh, almost a month since Joe Biden has been certified the winner. Now, 538 wants to go and look at how he won only one of the 20 benchmark counties that have decided the modern presidency for like the last 100 years or something. I believe it based on the prima facie evidence of outcomes that when I reverse the math, when I do the math backwards, aren't congruent. Okay? 
it's got to be congruent. It's got to it's got to match up frontwards and backwards. It, otherwise, it's an IHME model. That's that's what I believe the last election was. It's an IHME. It's a projection of an outcome that they wanted, and they just whatever we got to do to get there. Now I could be wrong, and I'm not afraid if I'm wrong. Because you know what I want to know more than anything else. I want to be affirmed. No, that's what most people want. But what I want more than anything else is to know what? The truth. The truth. I just want to know what the truth is. That's all I want to know. And so I think that would be outstanding if Trump based his defense on the merits of his actual claim. And we are certain if Biden did, in fact, win, he won by a lot less than they're saying it. I'm absolutely certain of that. I don't see... Well, to me, that's not even a debatable point because the only way this margin stands up is if we agree that you can just make up election law in real time as opposed to what we knew what the law was going into the actual election. Yes. That's why Samuel Alito, what did he do the first weekend after the election? What did he ask to be set aside? The ballots in Pennsylvania that came in after the due date, right? Correct. That's the story that Aaron had in another state in Virginia. Okay. Remember how Trump was shockingly leading in Virginia all night long until we got to the very end of the night, a state that he didn't even compete for. Remember that. And then at the very end, it's when there was a massive voter dump. Now, given the way I I went through this in the Ken Cuccinelli election in Virginia in 2013, same thing happened there. We didn't have mail-in voting. Ken was leading the whole time, shocking everybody until we got down to the last like 4% of precincts. And that's when the inner cities came in and he ended up losing by two or three points. That's that, that could have happened here. Don't we deserve though, to find out? We, well, we must for our future. I I, I agree. So I, I would be ecstatic if Trump based his decision on this. Now they're not going to sit back. Let's let's say Trump does base his defense on this and it's and it's successful. And it radically alters the outcome of the race. We're the we're not Luis Mensch isn't going to have the sergeant of arms of the Supreme Court come and arrest the president and and we're not going to have a replacement. What it would do is severely damage Joe Biden's presidency. Uh the credibility of it. Um Whatever percentage you think it is right now that Trump will run again in 2024 and be the GOP nominee, provided he's healthy, multiply that by 10 million, okay? Because it's over right then and there, in my view. You're getting a rematch, provided Joe Biden and Donald Trump at their ages can both live that long. That would be the outcome. Uh, it It would way strengthen Trump's political future. It would mortally wound Joe Biden, the the credibility of Joe Biden's presidency, but he wouldn't cease being president. Anybody agree? Disagree with that? Agree. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, this you're in Kobayashi Maru territory in many ways. It's a bad outcome, no matter what. Yep. I also wonder if Trump is floating the idea that he's going to base his defense. Keep in mind, art of the deal. That's the worldview here, right? You know, I I suggested to him, or I suggested when they impeached him at this time last year, that he should defend himself and go down there and just go full Al Pacino in Justice for All. Remember that? Yes. And say, hey, I brought, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm here. We got uh, got Eric Swellwell's phone calls to China Girl, not just a David Bowie song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just, just dude, reckoning. Just settle accounts. Yes. Okay. I, I could see that. This he's they're leaking out there that they're going to defend on these grounds. 
Because if I'm being told this, then other people who are far more important than me have been told this too. You, right. you would assume, you know. Right. So, like, you sure you want to go? Maybe you want to have that trial? You sure about that? Like, I could see Trump dangling that out there for leverage just to let this thing go too. Did sure. you see that? I mean, I, I could see this being more art of the deal than um, here I, you know, uh, Martin Luther at, Vor at, at, at uh, the, you know, at, at, at Wittenberg. But who knows? Maybe this is his only Nixon can go to China moment. But I, I think the country needs to have that hearing, needs to have that aired out. It'd be good for everybody involved. Let's get to some, let's get to some definitive truth. There's, 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 there's too much willingness. Las Vegas shooter, 2020 election, uh, FISA warrants. Um, what else? What else? Co am I Any number of things, COVID yeah. related, COVID lockdown related, related. Yeah, lockdown related. There's the, 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 the truth needs to have its way in America again. Up next, Juan Baez Valiente says, please clarify this for me. Why are businesses allowed to discriminate and force you to wear a medical device against your will in order to do business if they are subject to U.S. laws, but not allowed to discriminate in other ways? Um, other ways, uh, you would assume, like race, yeah. gender, those that sorts of things. actually laid out. I had to cut it okay. off just for the sake gotcha. of brevity. Yes. All right. Um, I wouldn't use that claim because that's they're they're not they're not making the claim that this is like that. They're making the claim that this is like no shoot, no shoot, no shirt, no shoes, no service. That's the claim that they are making. Okay. There isn't. There is one way to argue against that. And it's a case that most people have, don't want to have to make. I'll discuss that and why it's a case most people don't want to have to make when we come back. Well, the good news is... It was just uh, built bar time here a little while ago. Uh, the best protein bar you've ever had. Eat healthier. Eat tastier food. You don't have to make any more compromises anymore where health is concerned with the best protein bar of all time. It tastes just like a candy bar. All flavors, over 20 of them, covered in real chocolate. I just had leftover from Christmas season. The candy cane mint brownie. It's phenomenal. Here's the bad news. I've still not received... My chocolate chip cookie dough built bars. And I'm not, I'm not happy about that right now. Okay. So I don't know who needs to hear this, but I need my chocolate chip cookie dough built bars. I'm tired of hearing about how great they are from the audience. I need to experience this for myself. All right. So built bar, less than uh, 180 calories or less in every bar, uh, up to 20 grams of protein in every bar, five carbs, five grams of sugar or less in every bar. Um, I mean, they're just, it's just a phenomenal product. And right now you can get started at built bar, B-U-I-L-T, builtbar.com. Use the promo code DACE and get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com, promo code DACE. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. 
It's the best it's the best protein bar that's ever been made, and it's not even a close second. BuiltBar.com, promo code DACE. All right, let's get back to our Ask Me Anything. And so the, the question we were asked before is, how can these businesses get away with forcing us to wear masks? That's essentially the question, right? All right. So they would say it is similar to when we demand that you wear a shirt, shoes, you know, no shirt, no shoes, no service. That's been pretty standard most of our lives. Yeah. And Aaron can't remember a time that in his life where that was not the case. There's one way to argue against this, but it's a path no one has been willing to go down. Now, maybe there's another way to successfully argue against this, but I still think we're back to the argument that I'm about to cite. It, any path you make to argue against this, any kind of constitutional path, anything, you still would have to make the argument I'm about to make. The argument is you can't, you can't even, I don't even think you can successfully make the argument that the masks don't work. Um, I mean, I, I walk into Walmart in the summertime. And I'm wearing, uh, you know, a uh, a sleeveless, thin T-shirt because it's 130 degrees outside, right? As opposed to not wearing a shirt at all. If I slip and fall at Walmart on my back, is that thin veneer of clothing going to provide any protection against me from not getting injured on their on their uh, on on their company property? No. As opposed to if I wore no shirt at all. Right. Right. See, so I don't think you can even make the argument. That the masks don't work. I think you have to make the argument that the masks are bad. That the masks make it work. Or make it worse, I should say. So like uh, the other Biden COVID advisor is this Michael Osterholm. Who he's taken several different positions on this too. He wrote one of the very first pieces in the Washington Post against lockdowns back in March. We cited it at the time. He was he was I think it was well into June of last year. Masks don't work now. He's masked all the time. He was the guy that was doing the media after the election, calling for a national lockdown to the point that Biden had to come out and say we're not going to have a national lockdown because Ulsterholm kept calling for one. Now he's out there. Right after Fauci said, yes, wearing two masks makes common, is common sense, which he's since taken back, Osterholm came out like the next day and said double masking could actually make the problem worse because of what it does to stifle the human immune system, your ability to breathe, things of that nature. See, I think, I think to successfully sue, you have to make the case that Forcing me to wear a mask is bad for my health. It'd be like forcing me. It's like one thing when we used to have smoking and non-smoking sections at restaurants. It's like forcing me to smoke. To come to you, eat at your restaurant, I have to smoke a cigarette. I think you'd have to make the argument that the masks endanger you. That they're a public menace, not a nuisance, but a menace. I could be wrong, but that's my own analysis as to why we've not seen more legal challenges and pushbacks of this. Because 
the precedent has already been set that they can protect themselves from liability, right? Right. And there and 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 we want business owners to be able to protect themselves from liability. So therefore you have to make the case that your liability is higher or on par with theirs. That the masks don't it's just not that they don't work. Because then they'll just turn right around and say, well, it's better than nothing. We're trying here. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Which is probably what they just should have said all along. If they just would have said that all along, we probably wouldn't be having any of the arguments about masks we're having at the moment. People would be pissed. They'd be tired of it. Bored. They're a nuisance. I hate it. Okay. But we're at least, at least I'm not offended that you're lying to me that this is some kind of panacea that we both know it's not. But I think for you to successfully argue with private businesses, you have to make the case that the masks are not just a nuisance, but a menace. They're not just useless, but bad. Any thoughts on that? Well, it's like if this COVID thing had never happened, but a shop owner who has some sort of immune issue, right? and they wear a mask, and they they require everybody else to come in, I, I, it, you're, it, that makes your point, I think, more clearly. Put COVID aside. Mm-hmm. You, you, I think you would absolutely, it's their business here. I'm bringing you into my home. You would have to argue that the harm to me potentially is at yes. least equal or greater than the harm to you. Right. I think if I had to, if, if I were strategizing, if you hired me to strategize how to successfully push back on this, what I would do is actually go after government on the effectiveness of the masks. Because then you can, if, if you win that case in the public arena, then to me, we can now in the private sector, we can have businesses that like will compete against each other. Hey, we don't make you wear a mask here at our hardware store. Everybody knows they don't work, right? We just had the, you know, Dace versus uh, Iowa case at the U.S. Supreme Court last week. Supreme Court agreed. The data shows the masks don't work. So no point in continuing to do this. Then it then then it's really now you've got a free market situ a, a competitive situation of who just does this from a virtual virtue signaling standpoint to who now hey I want the business of the people that don't want to wear these anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, and I think it's a much lower threshold to prove. In fact, I know it is because very few people have done more research on this than we have. It's a much lower threshold to prove they're ineffective than than they make matters worse. We're probably months away from data that we can that can definitively tell us if they make matters worse or not. But we have all the data that shows they're they're ineffective and don't work. And so, what's the point of your mandate then? Yeah. Now, and I can argue constitutionality with government. I can't really argue constitutionality with a private business mm-hmm. that, that this is in their terms of service, so to speak. Right. When there's other places I could go, we want to create those other places you can go though by winning the argument against government. Because these private businesses, do they have their own CDCs? Are they doing their own research? No. So if they're not virtue signaling, what are they basing their data off of? The government. The government. So to me, go after the government. Okay. Uh, maybe to underline this, this might be a, a, of some interest as well. You look at businesses, when, when Bella and I went to the theme parks that we went to in Orlando, their, their terms of service or whatever we had to sign explicitly said they're not going to be held liable if you get a sickness. We still had to wear a mask. There were still oodles of social distancing, lots of plexiglass panels everywhere, you know, gently enforced everywhere. I, I took an exit, um, an exit survey for Universal. 
This is Universal Theme Park Orlando, both the uh, Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. Towards the end of this of this survey, they asked me three really interesting questions on a scale of, I think, one to a hundred, what I disagree. They asked me about civil labor liberties in the face of this mm. pandemic. Mm. They asked me uh, how confident I was uh, if it was better to get back to normal or if I was too scared to go back to normal. And they asked me another question uh, about about kind of in that same vein as well. Why would they do that? Businesses are trying to figure out who is scared yep. and who just wants to go back to normal. If the people who are scared are still doing business with you, then you leave the restrictions in place. If the people doing business with you are not uh, not afraid, then why do you have those restrictions in place in the, in, in the first place? Though that's kind of uh, that's kind of a brand of what you're what you're talking yep. about here. They're trying to figure out yep. what uh, how little they have to spend on these mitigation efforts. The shackle that would the the, the the latch that opens the floodgates of what you're talking about yep. is to win the argument with government that the masks don't work. Because the government is providing the seal of approval to all of this. Win the argument with government that the masks don't work. And then I think you see the damn break on which on pitting private industry against one another for a particular clientele. I agree. We know more about that, but I, I still going back to where you started. Well, I still think we're going to get to the knowledge faster of masks were mm-hmm. actually bad than the former because the government does not want to give up the ghost uh, on what it's been saying this whole time. Hey, one of the things that makes our pets happy, um, most of us don't do, and it's not our fault. Um, just probably haven't thought about it before. I mean, the reason when you go grocery shopping, the supplement section at most stores is one of the largest in the entire uh, uh, in the building is a lot of the foods we buy now have been sterilized, stripped of all the pre and probiotics, vitamins, minerals, nutrients, antioxidants that we need because leaving that stuff in there doesn't uh, doesn't lead itself to long shelf life, mass distribution. The food spoils faster. Well, now you need to know. They do the same thing with our pets' food as well. Chances are that dry food your dog loves it's sterile the minute it leaves the store. Thankfully, though, they've now got a supplement just like we do. It's called Rough Greens. It's a delicious powder. No, I've not tasted it myself, but our dog Cap loves it. It's a delicious powder with all those vitamins and nutrients and minerals mixed into the food your dog already loves. And now they've got not just the cuddles and the walks and the grooms, but now the nutrition that uh, they need from you as well. If you want to see, if you don't see a difference in your dog in 14 days or less, uh, go to uh, roughgreens.com slash blaze. R-U-F for roughgreens.com slash place try the jumpstart bag today for just $14.95 that's less than 15 bucks at roughgreens.com slash blaze all right let's continue on with the ask me anything David Way says, if the totally justified assault on the corporate elites and Wall Street in recent weeks continues as successfully as it has been, will it cause a total meltdown of the current financial structure and land us in a Great Depression scenario? So I have said for years, and you guys probably have heard me say this since you were just listeners to this when it was a local show, that I, I disagreed with the Ron Pauls of the world that we were headed to some kind of meltdown zombie apocalypse that we would eventually reach a debt threshold that was unsustainable folks we reached a debt threshold that was unsustainable in like 1983 okay debt is just the, the reason throughout history debt loads have been unsustainable for empires or for any nation is because 
the 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 nation that you're in debt to uh, sends their army when you can't pay. Who's doing that? We talk about China and we joke, we've joked on this show for years. China's the landlord, blah, 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 blah. I think it's like 20, 25% of our debt that they have. So is the IMF sending the other, is the, when, when's the, uh, inter, when's the IMF uh, army show up outside of Washington, DC? There's no one to call the note is my point. We not only have the most debt, we have the most missiles. Okay. We have, we have the most advanced military. There's no one to call that note. So we can just continue this on into perpetuity until something comes along that calls the note. Right? You've heard me state that for years. Of course. And we've just continued down this road, right? Yes. Okay. This has the potential, I think, to be an event that could alter that. Because now what you're seeing is you're seeing you're you're seeing the the average class, the average American class. They're like, okay, well, I mean, if that's the system we're in, I want a piece of the action. I want my gut. And you're, saw, and you're seeing the elite say, no, you can't have that to the point of market disruption. That, that could, that, that, if, if that becomes a systemic reaction. You're saying we'd call the note on ourselves. Yes, yes. If that becomes a meaning, if 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 their disdain for us exceeds even their own greed, now that would do it. Okay, that's that's what's zero times zero. Zero. That's your zero times zero. Now, is this? Is, are they just reacting this way because they got blindsided and they're mad? And then, if. If, if the average American class is persistent in sticking with us, will they, you know, just come up with and concoct a whole new way that, that, that they have the resources to take advantage of that we don't to make their money? And, and instead of hedge funds, it'll be something else next time. Could be. Could be that cooler heads prevail. Right. But I mean, the Habsburg dynasty, which was an intermarried clan for centuries of families, plunged all of Western civilization into war because of an assassination of one dude's. Uh, uh, was it his nephew, if I recall, right? Um, it's, it's My point being, there are precedents in history where cooler heads could have prevailed and didn't, and there were cataclysmic results. So if, if, if their hatred for the average American exceeds their greed, that would call the note. There's because certain, we would call it on ourselves. There's a certain poetry to our economic system going down because of a place called GameStop. Yep. <laughs> there really is. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts. It's good to be back. It's good to have Aaron back. I do agree. There's just a, speaking of the poetry of the show. Aaron gets us going in the morning. It was my idea, by the way, back years ago for Aaron to do that. My idea. Just, just. That is true. No, it's, it's good to be back. Um, it, it, I mean, we came back to about a foot of snow on the ground and uh, very, very cold temperatures when we had experienced 80 degrees at back there. But always fun to come back to a uh, air quotes job like this. <laughs> How are you supposed to take that? <laughs> well, I mean, that in a good way. It doesn't okay. feel like a job. All right. Okay, good. Okay. Just wanted to clarify. I wasn't sure what that meant. All right. 
We've got the overtime coming your way. Our good friend Jordan Schachtel is going to join us. He has been on fire as of late. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can watch the overtime later today. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.